What's up, everybody? It's the one and only Miss Chris. Back to you every Monday, 6 p.m. per usual. I Before I start, I want to say that I had a, an amazing, a fucking amazing week. I had a crazy, eventful, lively, beautiful, just a happy week. You know, we touched upon very sad, not sad, but, you know, less than happy kind of subjects, things that we go through in life. And as some people say, once you open up, once you speak it out into the existence, you know, it's out of your body. It's off your shoulders so it felt good so i had an amazing week i hope everybody had fun i know several parties were going on because i was attending now one thing i do want to shout out is i love i love 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 when you guys come up to me whether it be at a house party at the club at the, at the bar or whatever and you let me know that you love the show that you know that's that's my paycheck that shit brings me joy just makes me happy because i feel like i'm heard i feel like i'm doing something right and that it matters to you guys and you guys are you know, engaging with it. So I'm very, very grateful for all of it. And just like I said on my Instagram today, today's episode is going to be pretty much Ask Miss Chris. So like I told you guys, I know you guys were shy, but it's okay. It's all right. Because I have something you might like. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we also have an email for the people that, are, like I said, are too shy to come on air. So you can send an email at askmisschris um, at ckut.ca. So I repeat, askmisschris at ckut. That's CA, and I'll be reading them on air. And for the people that are about it, and I want to hear my voice, and want to show me your beautiful voices, you can call at 514-448-4013. All right, let's get it. So just to give you guys a little backstory, the Ask Miss Chris show on Queer Corpse, so basically it was supposed to be a book, right? I've been working on a book for a few years now, and before getting on, when I, while, I was, while I was starting the book, sorry, while I was starting the book, I was like, okay, maybe a little podcast, you know, as a joint project would be nice when it comes to promoting the book and also when just, you know, because you people have been asking me, the ones that have been so following me on social media for years, you guys have always talked about either I should have a YouTube channel or a podcast. And, you know, I I did as you guys told, but, you know, you guys, you, you, know, you guys know I like to see big, I like to go big, so I did the radio instead. <laughs> but basically, I'm still working on the book, but I thought... I have all these um, Ask Miss Chris, because my thing with Ask Miss Chris is I didn't start doing Ask Miss Chris um, on the radio. I started doing Ask Miss Chris for those who know on Instagram years ago, because I've been on Instagram um, building and growing my platform for maybe six years now. So I remember vividly the time when they started doing those updates where you could um, post polls and ask questions with answers on your stories. I've been using and abusing those um, settings for years. And over the years, you guys have sent me so many different questions, so many different, you know, topics that you wanted either my opinion or just what I think what Miss Chris would do and today I've decided to pick some of my favorite ones and you know read you guys and just get into it it's something it's, it's gonna be very fun but I guess you can also call because it's never too late to bring your own question and you can send an email you can also send an email I always have my phone and my computer so I I'm good with it. I'll just send it up and we'll be talking about it and you can also call you know you know the number so one of my first ask miss chris is that i really wanted to talk about today i think it was filed under you know i won't even give you guys the full because i still work on i'm still working on the books so i don't want to give you guys too much details about it because i'm like i can't sell something that people already know about i have to sell something new you just can you know, be buying you things that you uh, 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 i wouldn't do you like that so i won't give you the topics but what i will give you is the question and the answer so the first one would be uh how do you come to terms with ending a relationship when you're not sure? So this one I think was sent to me on Instagram several years ago because I do, I do remember that at the time I was going through something 
very, very similar. So I was really feeling like I was, I was feeling like I was answering myself almost because that's one thing I see, one thing I feel and I like to see it as when I answer you guys or I just give you guys my opinion is that I often try to put myself in your shoes or in your situation just to see what would I do. So what I told that person is, I quote, Mm-mm. I've been there many times, love. Let me tell you something. If you're thinking of ending it, you must have, you must have reasons to do so. First thing, first think of those sorry. First think of those sad reasons, right? Is it anything that could be fixed with a good sit-down conversation? Mm. Clear questions and clear answers only. Now, if you've already had that sad conversation, then it's an obvious red flag. And from there, you move to number two. Let's stick to number one a minute, right? So is it anything that could be fixed with a good sit-down conversation? And when I say a sit-down conversation, I mean a sit-down conversation about Bert Walters. I'm talking about you and them sitting in a quiet room, eyes and eyes, and you staring and ask the questions. Because my thing is, before ending a relationship, of course, you're not supposed to end your relationship as soon as there's some, you know, there's some trouble in paradise or whatever. Now, certain type of troubles in paradise, you it's a no-brainer. You just end it. Some things don't even, you don't even need a conversation about. But certain things, it's just, for example, if it's something that the person might not have known about you, that's a pet peeve or that's a trigger topic for you. Some jokes that you really don't appreciate for some reasons or just some comments, some type of, who knows, some type of music, some type of food, you know, whatever. Not, you cannot just get in a relationship and expect somebody to just be fully aware of everything that makes you happy and unhappy. Because I'm sure that you don't even that, you don't even know that for yourself. You're constantly growing, so you have to expect that person to constantly learn about you, right? But if you've already had that conversation, like I said, it's an obvious red flag. Then you move to number two. Like my good sis Fanny once said to me, shout to Miss Fanny, you know, she got engaged. I like to say it all because, you know, it's my first friend that got engaged, so I get so excited. But like my good sis Fanny once said to me, if someone really wanted to be with you, they would make the effort to work on what needs to be worked on. Because like I said after, after number one, if you've already had that conversation, right? One thing I do not like to do is repeating myself, personally. Especially when it comes to stuff that is either about my livelihood or either about certain things that bring me, you know, unhappiness or just sadness to my life. I don't want to repeat myself. If I told you not to say certain jokes around me, I can understand it will slip up here and there, but... At some point, something has to give. You know, I'm starting to think that you're doing it on purpose. You're just carelessly not thinking of it. Because, however, sometimes the issue itself runs deeper. And it's nothing that can be fixed. Because, see, we're all different. Sometimes it's not it's not working simply. You know, it's not working simply because you're not made for each other. Values differ from one person to another. It's up to us to pick on those early signs. But mostly knowing what you can accept and what's non-negotiable. Negotiable, knowing what's right for you. And learn to differentiate between what you want and what you need. And I cannot stress the second, the last part, because first of all, values. I always tell my friends, I always tell my girls, I always tell people, just like I believe that feelings are not to be, you know, quantified or feelings are not to be put as a, as a data, something that is to be calculated like an exact science. Same can be said for values. We simply as human beings, as people, not even in a community, just in the world, we don't share, we don't all share the same values. And that's okay. You know, I like to say jokingly, some people were raised up and others were dragged up. But even, you know, past the kind of um, earlier bringing and kind of, you know, the word in French is education, education you've received. Sometimes it's just the, the way people see life. 
you can you can decide to sit around and argue with somebody over something that to you feels so right and so so you know clear water crystal clear of sense that it's a no situation but somebody else might be in front of you either arguing or simply disregarding everything you say because to them they don't feel the same you could have done that to them they wouldn't be mad because it's just not that serious to them now it's up to you like i always say it's always up to you you can decide to leave whenever you have the you have, you have the power i always want to tell my friend my friends that you have the power to put yourself in situations where you'll be happy you can decide and even if you don't know think sit feel it just take the time to decipher what they really meant <laughs> like nikki said you know i'm always going to put a little nikki quote everywhere there's a nikki minaj quote for any occasion like i always say but yes know what's right for you and learn to differentiate to differentiate between what you want and what you need because that's the last thing i'm going to say for that topic too often we sit and not even relationships we sit and situationships friendships just anything in life right because it's what we want and we also feel like we think that's what we need but i personally you know my first english lesson was at the age of 9 so i remember vividly the difference between i still remember vividly the difference between need and want and i feel like a lot of people have it twisted a lot of people have it confused You simply can't be in a relationship based on simply wants. Of course, wants are big parts. You should know what you want, because at the end of the day, you should also be able to give yourself what you need. You should also always be able to provide for yourself what you need in life. Because I hate to see my girls, my friends, just get in relationships with people that provide stuff that they need, whether it's comfort, whether it's just feeling secured, whether it's just feeling powerful, right? And the moment that they're done with that person, they just become the shelves of what they used to be or what they were with that person. You can't be getting in a situation, situationship, relationship, any kind of ship, without no security of yourself. It doesn't make sense. Your first relationship, your first ship, is with yourself. So make sure you're secure from within, and you know what you need, and then what you want. from the same topic in the book. This question I was just gag. This question I'm going to let me sit closer and zoom on my little screen a bit so I can see exactly what I'm reading to you guys cuz this was a bit juicy. This was a bit crazy. Now over the years I've gotten crazy questions, I've gotten crazy things. You know, I, I live in Montreal, you see quite a lot. But this had me at the edge of my bed, almost rolled down feet first. Listen to this. A recent lover is in a now monogamous relationship and she wants me To, she wants to cheat on their partner with me. I'm feeling bad because we're still in love. Dot dot dot. I, 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 yes, I'll, I will reread because some people maybe might be a bit confused. I will be rereading. <clears throat> a recent lover is now in a monogamous relationship, and she wants to cheat on their new partner or their new partner with me. I'm feeling bad because we're still in love. Dot dot dot. And today I say I quote. Now, I don't know this girl. But my most definite advice to you is to run. Honestly, truthfully, I don't know how much you love her and she loves you, but if she doesn't love you love you enough to be with you or in a relationship with someone else where she at least has the option to still see you, what's love truly got to do with it, my love, huh? I'm quoting Tina here. You know Tina Turner said it in 1984, what's love got to do with it? I feel like a lot of us should be asking ourselves that question. 
Instead, she wants you to be in cahoots in her wicked games. She is obviously not well within. And that also goes to show you that she sees you as nothing more than a commodity. No less than an actual person with feelings that should be validated. Why should you be the one she claims in the sheets while another one gets claimed in the streets? Hmm? And don't get me started on her character or a lack thereof. Run, they say misery loves company. And the last part might have been a bit, you know, it might have been a bit harsh, a bit scattering. Skating, sorry, skating. But, skating, <laughs> whatever. My thing is, I really want you guys at home to understand something. Some of these people be giving you some types of, you know, um, how do you call it? Because I wouldn't even be calling these proposal proposal. This is not a proposal. This is, this is a shakedown. You're asking some, some, someone is in a quote-unquote situationship with you. Whether you're lovers, whether you're just seeing each other, whether you're just dating, you know, casually, whatever you want to call it. That person obviously likes you a lot because they're still with you. Either they just, because I've been in that situation, right? I've been with people that I've had to realize later on, you know, eight months down the line, six months, a year almost sometimes. They don't love me. They love being around me. They're pre they greatly appreciate my body and they do like my energy. But they don't love me as a person. That's why I still don't have a ring on eight months later. But I digress. A ring doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> now, my thing with this person is that that person these two people were dating, right? It's, follow me in the story. These two people were dating. Now all of a sudden this other girl she finds somebody else. Somehow, that person, you know, she felt strongly enough that she decided to get in a, re in a monogamous relationship with that person so quickly while she was still dating the other person on the back burner, which is okay. I always say, you should be dating more than one person at once. Why would you be putting all your eggs in one basket? This silly goose story of dating one person for three months and then you have sex and then date months. Girl, I say this and I've always said, you could be going on a date for 365 days a year and you would still find the love of your, your love of your life on the 366th day next year. You cannot decide, you cannot know, you cannot feel, you cannot have any knowledge of when love is about to come knocking on your door. So why should you be shackled with one person that you just met? You don't even know his last name. You don't even know his mother's maiden name. You don't even know his history, his credit history. You don't even know if he went to jail. But you're ready to be shackled up in the name of what's right. Well, I'm telling you, this ain't right. It's wrong. And so was she. Because my thing is, now you have this other person that you're fully feeling that that person deserves your time and energy, right? People follow me because I'm talking about this, this couple, but I'm also talking about everyone right now. So somebody you're dating, finally, out of a sudden, finds somebody else. That they feel deserves their time and energy into building something stronger with them, right? But at the same time, this person turns around and asks you to be the mistress, to be the other woman, to be the, the canoodler, the accomplice in the cahooting. Why you? Why couldn't you be the one that gets the ring? And I know I'm aware I did say a ring doesn't mean a thing, but I'm just speaking, you know, metaphorically right now. Why should you be the one that gets, once again, claimed in the sheets, the person that they're going to share the time with, their intimate thoughts. Because often that's what I've learned to find. A lot of people, they get in relationships with people that they either love or they feel that it's right. 
this is someone that's right for me. You know, this is someone, especially when it comes to, um, sadly, when it comes to cis people and some trans people too. I've seen it myself and I've been, um, I've been guilty of it myself. Often people, we, we're still, because we've all been raised in those heteronormative and very monogamous kind of mindset on movies, watching our parents and just everything in society, that we often still have this mindset of without realizing a heteronormative relationship. And that's okay. We've, we're all unlearning and it's okay also if that's what you want. If what you want is to be the wife, the woman in the house and he be the nigga of the house, you do you, girl. Get yourself a man. Get yourself a trans man that's only going to be a he-him. If you want a girl, get yourself, if, you know, if you want a girl but you're still queer and you want a queer person, get yourself a, queer, a trans woman that goes like she, her. There's enough avenues and crossroads for all of us. But I want people to understand that sometimes you do it without realizing. And that's the problem. Because if at least you're getting in situationships and relationships with people, letting them know that you have somewhat of an understanding and somewhat of a standard when it comes to what you want your relationship to look like. People will know when people will know when to run. That that poor lost soul that wrote me, I forgot their name, but they wrote me that met that question. Had I been there at the beginning, because I think they were dating maybe for four months, if I remember, you don't have a good memory. I think they were dating for four months before that, four to six months. Had I been there six months before, seven months before, I would have told them, baby, you better run. You better run. And you also also have to see it as you can simply not allow yourself to become a commodity in somebody's life. Because I've made, I've been guilty of that myself. I've been not even guilty. Let me use the words. I've been a victim of that myself because I didn't do anything wrong. We, as people that have went through that, I want you to know that we haven't done anything wrong. People will use you and support you when it's beneficial. Once again, a Nicki Minaj quote. And I stand by that one. Because people will be with you. People will share your space and time. People will take everything that you can give them as long as it's beneficial. And when I say beneficial, I don't mean that you're doing something that's going to get them faster in their career, get them more secure financially. No. Sometimes people just want to be with us because of the energy we bring is the energy that they... People will be sucking up your energy. People will be true vampires. And some of them don't do it purposefully. You know, some of them, they don't they don't even do it willfully. They just It just... They don't feel it. It's something that they're not even aware that they do. They just come around you and suck all of your suck up all your energy. Because they're just not happy from within. People are just always seeking for happiness. And that's something that's so nice. I always say I'm my life is the constant pursuit of app of happiness. Not like in the movie, right? Because that movie was sad. I'm not trying to <laughs> I'm just trying to go in a pursuit of happiness that goes upscale. You know, I like to go up. I don't like to go down unless the chips are going down. <laughs> a little stripper joke. But don't let yourself become a commodity in somebody else's life. And once again, what's love truly got to do with it? Too many times we do stuff in the name of love. We let ourselves be miserable in the name of love. We choose to be sitting piously waiting for somebody that don't want us. In the name of love. For somebody that, to, do, to do right by us. In the name of love. To someone that, to someone that is, you know, that just can show us a tiny bit, if ever, of gratitude. In the name of love. Because you've been with that person for three years. Girl, you could have been with that. Girls, men, non-binaries, and all of them. You could have been with that so-and-so per significant other for 16 years. 
16 years. And I still believe that the moment, let it be on the 18th year, that that person starts showing you that you don't matter to them anymore. That there might be something else better for them waiting outside. Then that should be your cue for you to run. Because one thing that love shouldn't do is love shouldn't be somewhat of a safe blanket that somebody can use to mistreat you in the name of we've been together for so long, in the name of we've been through so much together. Because that one is that one is another red flag. That one is a big red flag. And I was talking about it to another friend. I won't name them. But, you know, they were having a situation that's not kind of in the same zone, kind of in the same topic almost, the same, you know, same kettle of tea. And I told them and I said, you you stay you 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 keep on chasing not chasing but you keep on going after that person hoping that that person is gonna come back and do you right because you know of all of what you've been through. But my thing is, often we've been through so much with people in a such and such a short and small amount of time. Does that sound right to you? You've been dating somebody for four months and you've already been through so much. Well, damn, you're not even married yet. What's gonna happen when the rain comes along? We simply cannot choose misery in the name of love. I've always said, I love love, but I love myself more. And I love to be happy. So, to that person I say, run, run fast as you can. Run fast for your mother and fast for your father. That one is from, I'm on a roll today. I don't know why, I'm just on a roll. I'm quoting everybody. I'm quoting all the girls. Oh, my God. Oh, that's a cute question. We just got to, I love you guys. You guys are actually... Paying attention. So somebody sent me a question. We're going to take a little break and get into something less serious, right? Miss Michael said, Hi, Miss Chris. As a fashion girl, I was wondering what you would wear to this year's Met Gala. And it's so funny because thank you so much for this question. First of all, thank you for sending us your lovely supporting questions. Um, Let's look it up. Because basically I was in the, on the cab. I was in the cab on my way here. And I was like scrolling down on Instagram. And this year's Met Gala was popped off. You know, people were talking about it. I know that Nikki is showing up it has been announced on the barbs page you know i'm follow like a hundred something barbs page so i'd be i'd be keeping track of my girl and nikki is officially gonna come <gasps> okay the theme this year i was looking it up gilded glamour glamour oh girl i'm smacking my thighs because i'm feeling this one gilded gilded glamour glamour Okay, first of all, the age of innocence. Is it Edit? What's her last name? The, the writer Edit Worthen? The age of innocence. There was a movie with Michelle Pfeiffer and when Winona Ryder in the 90s. For those who don't know, um, the gilded, you know, age of innocence and gilded era is pretty much, I always think of, I'm going to look up the actual timeline for you guys, just to give you a little, sorry, just to give you a little timeline to give you a good idea so the guilt exactly what else the guilt what is the gilded glamour so it gilded age spanned from 1870 to 1890 exactly and the story was set in those times so think of the vanderbilt think of the rockefellers think of who else was a very successful family in new york well you know the type right the the old money fortunes so what i would wear hmm, i think i would give something very anna karenina not so much like in the movie, even though I loved the movie. I'm talking about both the movies. The one with, um, was it, who was playing it? It was Greta Garbo in the 30s. Greta Garbo played an amazing Anna Karenina. She played, she played that part. And I think it was in 39, 1939. You can look it up later, but whatever. 
but also Keira Knightley. And in recent years, I think it was in 2008 or 2004, in between those years, I'm not sure which one. It was in between or before her Pirates of the Caribbean days, but she played an amazing Eric and Anna Karenina, too. But I'll probably think... Mm, I'm, good, I'm getting so deep into this because you guys know I love beauty, I love fashion, I love history. So that was a good question. You got me good, Miss Michael. I think if I could choose, right, I would either take my... If I could get two outfits, the one on the red carpet would definitely have to be from the 1930s movie with Greta Garbo because the costumes were simply just, even though the movie was in black and white, you can still see the, the beauty and the and the embellishments and the, the richness of everything because in the 30s in Hollywood, the um, costume design used to go hard. Costume design used to go hard and um, and the old years of Hollywood and the golden age. So definitely something from that movie. And for the party, because you know there's an after party all the time, there's the after party and the little dinner inside. I would get something from the more most recent movie. Because Miss Kira was giving skanky. Miss Kira Knightley, I don't I don't even I don't even remember who did um, costume designing for that movie, but she was giving skank key. You also should read the book, right? Ara Canina Anna Karenina. It was a cute book, but just also if you don't, if you're not into reading too much, you can also see the movies. It's really not that serious. But she was giving skanky. And one thing about me, I stand for anything skanky. I do. I do. I grew up in the age of the video vixens. And even though I do love Chanel, I do have a nice little Chanel, you know, Chanel Tiller suited moment. I do. I also do like showing my ass in the club. You know, Beyonce said, if you got it, flaunt it. But I know you want it. And that's what I'm here for. So to answer your question, to sum it up, I would definitely wear something from the Greta Garbo version for the red carpet. And for the after party, I would definitely wear something from the Keira Knightley movie. The fact that it's going to be Gilded Age, this this year's topic is a good one. And I cannot wait to see what we're going to show up with, especially Nikki. Especially Nikki. This is a Barb's TV show, um, radio show. This is a Barb Central, BBC. Bad Bitch Central. Another Nikki quote. Now, we're going to take a little break so I can get some water. And in the meantime, we're going to play a little song. Today, I decided to um, really go in my memory and pick some songs that... Because, you know, I have like a little mandate to try to play especially local artists. So, I've decided to play one iconic Canadian Quebecois en plus. Um, Mitsu. You guys know Mitsu. For, for the Quebecois girls, the Montreal girls, you guys know Mitsu. For the Anglos, it's spelled M I. T-S-O-U and this song is called Dimo Dimo I think it was from 
just in time for me to get a glass of water that I was desperately needed, needed, needing. Girl, I was so thirsty, I was so parched, I'm losing my English. But anyways, I digress. One of my favorite words in the English language, I digress. But back to the topic, so. Another question, now we were mostly, without giving you guys a topic, because I'm dead serious, I do not want to put this book out until it's done and ready. Simply because I want it to be a surprise for you guys. I want it to be very nice, I want it to be something that you, when you're sitting back in your in your living room on your couch, feet on the, on the little coffee table, I want you to cackle. I want you to be like this, bitch. <laughs> I want you to take a screenshot, a screenshot, a picture, post it on your story, and be like, girl, ain't that some shit. That's the vibe I want to get from the book. So I won't give you the topics, but I will give you the questions and the answers. So let's start again. A piece of wisdom you'd like to offer black femmes struggling to find their places. Their place, okay. So first of all, I wrote and capital letter bold, and I stand by it till this day, as I was told. Be yourself. Be yourself. I cannot stress this enough. Be yourself. And that might sound corny, but I'll explain to you why. So don't try to fit in the expectations of cis womanhood or even black womanhood. Because black womanhood is what you make it to be. Simply because you are a black woman. Don't put limitations on your identity, self-expression, life calls, all of it. Our ancestors, elders, and fallen sisters are living through every high hill step you're taking. They couldn't back then. But today is a different day. Today is the day and age where you can. So live your life and be proud of your journey. Be aware of the battles they fought for us. To have the little privilege we have today. But please remain aware of the places you're moving in for your own safety. The first part that I really want to dive into. So don't try to fit in the expectations of cis womanhood or even black womanhood. Because that's one thing we do. You know, I'm, I can only speak as a black trans feminine person, right? I cannot speak as a Asian trans feminine person. I cannot speak as a white woman. I cannot speak as a Latina non-binary woman. What I can do is speak as a black person and a black trans feminine person. I, you know, I stress those little things. So... Too often when it comes to um, womanhood and femininity in general, right? Too often expectations are placed upon them. And as a black person, as a black girl, I can, I can definitely assure you of the strength and vivid, um, you know, I, I can't even get the, the words out of my mouth, but just the, you know, it's giving you an aftertaste in my mouth that you're speaking on it. But there's so many, there's so much expectations when it comes to black womanhood. So many expectations. There's just already so many expectations when it comes to the black identity. Right? With Before getting into the black womanhood, let's get into the black identity, right? Expectations. You're either expected to be a thug, to be hood, to have that certain swagger about you, to have that smoothness. If you're a guy, you're supposed to be charming. You're supposed to be that nigga. You're supposed to be the baller, the nigga in charge. If you're a girl now, that's where it gets tricky. Because when you're a girl, if you're that hood bitch, you're a ghetto bitch. Right. You are undesirable. You are the, the, the ghetto girl. Nobody wants a ghetto girl. They're too loud, right? But if you decide to go the other route and you decide to be a more, let's say, I don't know, Annalise Keating, right? I'm, 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 getting pre- I'm going pretty far on the spectrum. But if you decide to be more of a Michelle Obama, an Annalise Keating, whatever, then you're stuck up. You think you're too high of yourself. You're emasculating to black men because you make too much money and you're too strong. 
So to that I say, don't try to fit at any of expectations of black womanhood in general or cis womanhood. Because black womanhood is what you make it to be. And cis, you're not. A cis woman, you are not. So my mother always told me when I was younger, not about my trans identity, definitely not, but about my black identity. You know, when you're growing up, especially as a person of color, you often find yourself trying to um, base your uh, your standards of beauty when it comes to yourself and how you look on what you see in the media. And sadly, what we see, what we always saw, it's getting better now, but we're still working on it. What we've been seeing for so many times, for so many years, is white as a um, standard, as the monolith of beauty and standard, or the standards of beauty, right? So my mother always told me, you simply cannot base your beauty on those white male models that you see. She always called them those skinny white male models. Those, you know, the DR, Heidi Sleeman um, <laughs> kind of models. But she was like, you simply cannot base yourself on those skinny white boys. They don't look like you, you don't look like them. You'll never look like them. So if you expect that somehow, after puberty, you'll turn out looking like them, my love, you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. Because your beauty not from your beauty cannot be found in them because they don't look like you. So like there's plenty. If you want, first of all, you shouldn't be comparing yourself. But if you do want to compare yourself, there's plenty other people that are built like you, that look like you, that have the same skin tone and features as you. These are the people that, if ever you would want to compare yourself to, you should. All right. So to that, I say. For any black femme that is listening to me right now, and you, you're struggling to find your identity, you're not thick enough to be, you're not tall enough or thick enough to be a stallion, you're not skinny enough to be a Naomi, you're not light enough to be a Nikki, you're not, um, I don't know, you know, you don't, you don't dance good enough to be a Beyonce, you're not pretty enough, you're light skinned and mixed, but you're not pretty enough to be a Rihanna. It, decide what your black femininity is going to be about. Because one thing about all these girls that I've named, they have their own branch of, they have their own brand and branch of femininity. So I want everybody that's listening to be aware that you can always decide who you are. And the second part I do want to speak on is the part where I say that our ancestors, elders, and fallen sisters are living through every high hill step you're taking. They couldn't back then, but today's this day and age where you can. So live your life and be proud of your journey. I believe in this so much because you know when Maya Angelou said, was it Maya Angelou? Maybe. You will correct me if I'm wrong, but somebody once said, I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. And I believe in that so much because often when you see, when as black people, when we hear that phrase, we think of slavery, straight back to slavery, as if it was slavery and now. No. There was 400 years in between and before. And, you know, there's plenty to look at. And when I say fallen sisters, elders and ancestors, I also mean every queer person of color and black queer person that simply couldn't be true to themselves in the 1940s. All the girls that simply couldn't be girls in the 1920s. The boys that simply couldn't, couldn't bind their chest. And the 1960s. All of this. I'm talking about everyone, every one of our predecessors and elders and brothers and sisters and people of the community that couldn't even afford or couldn't even dream of a day where they could find a community. These are the people I stand in my truth for. 
Because these girls and boys back then, they couldn't. These non-binary people back then, they could not. Simply because of their safety and livelihood. It was either you choose to be yourself, or you choose... It was either you being yourself or your life. And I'm so glad and grateful that all of the, the hard work that people before us put in, the, the battles that they fought, the wars that they went at, you know, everything that they have done, whether it's just walking out and deciding, you know what, I'm choosing to be myself. Come may, come what may, I'm going to be myself today. Walking downtown Montreal in 1971. These are the girls I'm doing this for. Because what they couldn't do back then, I'm able to. And I believe that it would be a disservice for me to stand here in 2022 and decide that I'm not going to be myself because I'm scared of... I can understand being scared. But I can also understand misery. And that's something I'm not trying to experience. I am not trying to experience being unhappy, waking up at 50, being like, what if I had done it differently? Because these girls couldn't even dream of waking up at 50 years old often. I can. And what's even better is that I can dream of waking up at 50 looking the way I want to and the life that I've made for myself. But please remain aware of the spaces you're moving in for your own safety. Now, give me one sec. I'm going to cough a little. <clears throat> Giving you guys a little heads up so you don't get, you know, shook. Because, you know, I'll be, I be talking a lot and it's so quiet. And then all of a sudden, huh, I start coughing, you know. I'm giving you guys a little trigger warning for the coughs. But please remain, please remain aware of the spaces you're moving in for your own safety. As sad as it is to say, this is not, you know, I always joke around and say life is not that beautiful. <laughs> Whenever something happens or something is too good to be true, I tell my girls, girl, life is not that beautiful. And today I say it because sadly, it is the case when it comes to being yourself. You know, when me and Miss Mimi, when, uh, Miss Mimi Virus, my great friend, came on the show a few weeks ago and talked about, um, we were talking about the Trans Visibility Day and the price to pay to be visible. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what we were talking about. Being visible and being fully ten toes down in your identity comes with a price simply because not everybody's going to be here for it. Not everybody's going to like it. And also, not everybody's going to be wanting to see it thrive. Some people are miserable haters. A lot of people that hate the girls, that hate queer people, are really unhappy. Deeply, deeply, deeply miserable and unhappy. A lot of people that have so much energies against and opinions because my thing about having opinions on somebody else's livelihood is so wild to me how could you sit from where you're sitting on the same earth as i'm standing tell me that you have opinions on how i should on my life and the way i should live and the way not even the way i should live but the way i should decide to identify in my life that is just wild to me because i don't tell you how i don't tell you that i don't like your name I'm not telling you I don't like the way you dress. And I'm not even telling you that I don't like the way you speak. So why do you feel the need and the comfort, the ease, to come and let other, people's, other people know that you feel like they don't have the right to live the way they want to and how they feel like they should? All right? It's just wild. And that's go, that goes back to say that, sadly, a lot of these people are deeply, deeply miserable and unhappy. And when people are in such states, they often put it on you. And by putting it on you, pause, you know, no innuendos. I mean, they're going to put it on you sadly, violently. I'm talking about physical assault. P- 
people will come at you selling on the street. Montreal is a bit better for that. I will have to say we, people here to a certain extent, they mind their business. I've always said it's a city where you can see a lot of, a lot of crazy things happen. You'll see it all, but we're lucky enough that we don't have it like in a situation like in the United States, for example, or in some city, cities in Europe. I'm still, I don't know if you guys remember a few years ago that trans girl and the subway in Paris. She, she was, and I'm not even going to get into details, but thank God she made it out alive. But, you know, it was just people really pulling on her and pushing her. This, to a certain extent, would not happen, I believe. It could very much happen, because I'm sure, and I've heard of stories, but it's less likely to happen as much here in Montreal. Maybe because the sense of community is bigger, and the girls often travel more together, and people are more used to see us just <laughs> looking crazy going down Park Avenue every day. I don't know. But you have to be aware that even if this is Montreal, and this is cute and all, you are still living in 2022 and the world we're in is not yet the world that we are all dreaming of so you can be yourself but don't put yourself at risk don't try to play it cool so much that you're gonna by playing it cool you might lose your life i always say that to people sometimes when it comes also when it comes to standing your ground i do believe in standing my ground but i also do believe that sometimes you don't know what kind of crazy people are on, on, are on, what level of crazy they're on. You think that it's cool, you know, you think, oh, I'm going to stand my ground on this boulevard and speak up and tell that nigga, tell that boy what is wrong with him and tell him about his colors and himself. I'm going to tell you what you are. I would hate for that person to turn around and decide to put their hands on us. Now, when it comes to you being with your girls, you know what? If it's a six on two, you better speak up. And girls behind you better speak up too. Because in unity there is power and strength. However, there is nothing wrong. I want people to understand. There is nothing wrong. And not answering, acting as if you didn't hear anything, and just keeping keep it moving and keep on walking. There's nothing wrong in it. So trust and believe. One thing people hate more than the girls. They hate looking crazy. Now tell me what's crazier. Me and my friends, one day we were just walking, you know, it was in the summertime last year, and it was just so hot, we're, you know, walking from park to park, or in Villeray, but like deep Villeray, right? And here comes this little summit of three old Italian men sitting on their stools outside the store. God knows what they're selling. I don't know. I'm not buying. So me and the girls are walking in front, right? We're all looking queer, we're looking like queerdos. It's the summertime, so we're giving a lot of skin, showing a lot of cleavage, showing a lot of, you know, body parts. It's summer, it's right. Summertime, fine. So me and the girls are walking, and I don't even remember what him and his friends, you know, they felt the need to let us know. But for some reason, they had some questions for us. They're like, hey, guys. Now, mind you, there are three of them, right? And we're maybe seven, so they're definitely outnumbered. When I'm telling you, all seven of us turned to the right at the same time. And then turned back and kept on talking at the same time. And I turned back because you girls know I keep my eyes everywhere. So I give a little glimpse in the back as we kept on walking. They were just stunned. They're like, what the fuck? Did they hear us? And that's the energy I want you guys to understand that people hate. People hate feeling like they're not being listened to. Well, guess what? I'm not listening. Because your opinion don't matter. I look fine. I look sexy and I look fly. So yeah. Please remain aware of the spaces you're moving in. For your own safety. Alright? Another question now. 
Uh, and you guys, you know, we didn't get callers today. You can't call. What is up with this thing with everybody telling me at every party that you listen to the show, but you're not calling? Did you forget the motto? <laughs> tell me something good, I'll tell you something better. You might be shy, but it's okay. It's all right. I got something that you might like. Now, this one is not for me. I don't remember what um, 2000 pop hit, EDM smash, whatever this came from, but that was a good one. It's giving me black eyed peas. It's okay. It's <gasps> Timberland. Nelly Furtado Timbaland, oh my god, Promiscuous Girl, you know what, we might end it with Promiscuous Girl tonight, not like that song, getting loose after Promiscuous Juice, now, next question, what are the ways you practice self-love, oh, also, if you guys have forgotten the phone number, maybe that's why you're not calling, 514-448-4013, let's go, so question is, what are the ways you practice self-love, mm. by staying true to myself, exclamation point the whole thing in bold i'm giving you the whole look at me i'm telling you i'm not giving you the topics but i'm giving you the whole syntax and how everything is written in the book but anyways bold exclamation mark do not play into other others perceptions of who you are or should be one of the greatest disservices you can do to yourself is not staying true to yourself when you're fully aware of who you, of who you are there's no other outcome but self-love but then only and then will you understand why you're so worthy of love. Let me repeat the last part. Because then and only then will you fully understand why you're so worthy of love. Do you get it? Do you get where I'm going with this? Staying true to yourself is the most important thing you can do in life. Because when you stand for nothing, you fall for any when you when you stand for nothing, you fall for anything. And that stands for yourself as well. If you don't stand for yourself, how do you expect for anybody to stand for, stand up for you and be like, you know what, that's my sis, that's my girl? People simply cannot spend their lives standing up for you and loving you because you don't love yourself. Because then you become a burden. You need to be able, once again, to go back on what I said earlier, you need to be able to be your own provider in life of what you need. And when I say it's, there's no, there's definitely no shame in asking for help. I want you guys to understand the... How, like I said earlier, there's a crossroad for everything and not everything. There's nothing wrong for asking for help. There's nothing wrong in, in, ask, in asking for help. Nothing. However, you should also be able to provide for yourself what you know you need and what you're able to give yourself. And that is love. We are all worthy of love. But only then and then will you know why you're so worthy of love because when you know yourself when you love yourself and when you know what you have to offer to the table you won't let anybody walk all over you you don't let nobody walk all over your kitchen table now why would you let people walk over you the said table because yes girl you don't bring anything to the table to the table you are the damn table <laughs> get it you are the damn fucking table because once you love yourself you are aware of everything you have to offer stability of yourself, of your identity, freedom of self, knowing what you need, knowing what you want, and knowing what's right for you and wrong for others and yourself. That's where it comes from. And when I say it's one of the greatest disservice you can do to yourself, it's true. You, you have one lift. You have one life to live, and you're telling me you're spending it not being true to yourself. Who are you being true to? Who are you being true to then? And this one life you have to live. Did you get on credit? Are you paying back this lifetime? No. 
this is yours for the taking. And so I don't want to hear and see any of you guys ever deciding to be somebody else for someone. Deciding to be something else for something. Never. Be true to yourself. Stand ten toes down and whatever you identify as and whatever you believe is good for you. As long, like I always say, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. Because I don't want you guys to start using my my good gospel to cause harm to others. Because I'll get you. <laughs> I'm clear about what I say, but I know words are just words. And you know, you have to give context. So, like I always say, there's a crossword for everything and not everything. So, you should always do what you feel is best for yourself and, for, and stand in your truth as long. As your truth is not impaling on other people's truth. Because if it's a right truth for you, it shouldn't. And I want you to think of it. If you standing up for yourself means that you're hurting other people and walking all over other people, that's not right. That's definitely not right because that's mean girl analogy. A lot of people like to use it to be mean girls. To be, you know... I hate the word, the word clicky because I've been hearing the word clicky recently, but to kind of been clicky, you know, it doesn't work that way. A, a, a true bad bitch don't have to put nobody down because she already knows where she's standing. It don't matter where the other girl is standing. You know that for yourself. When you know where you're standing, you don't need to know where the other girl is standing. Because where the girl is, the other girl is standing, that's for her. She has something else coming for her. What you have for you is on the way. Where you're standing and your truth, ten toes down. All right. I'm going to leave, I think, this little topic. I'm going to look at the topics, which one, because there were so many, but I'm looking at the time and there's only nine minutes left. And the ones that I had were kind of deep, so... It's not a... Oh... Oh... Sorry, I'm getting emotional because that was... That was, I think, the first Ask Miss Chris I got, like, on um, the email. The Ask Miss Chris at CKUT.ca. You know the plugin. I'm plugging it in. Send me an email. But anyways, that's the first one I got. So this is very... This is very happy. All right. So the question was, Dear Miss Chris, I just started dating someone in a different city. And we seem to want the same thing and like each other. But I'm nervous because my last relationship ended with my ex cheating on me. It makes things harder that we're not in the same city and I don't want my trust issues to ruin something that could possibly be good. Any advice? Mm. And to that I said, I understand. You definitely don't want to bring emotional trauma from your past relationships into the new ones. If you guys aren't in the same city, but you do believe that there's growing potential and to something more meaningful and serious... Then I believe time is of the essence. Give it some time in terms of getting more serious. If the distance is not a problem, then maybe working somewhat of a routine where you guys can see each other on a semi-regular basis. I believe you might be able to use the time to work on yourself and get past the fear of being cheated on again. Like I said, the last thing you want is getting in a new relationship and ruin it with some unresolved issues put on someone new. Till then, I think you should keep on seeing them on a casual, semi-regular basis. The more you get to know them, the easier trusting them will be. That way you can make sure they're actually the right person for you. Before getting too emotionally involved. And you never know. Somebody till you know and you never know somebody till you know somebody. And the best way to know someone is to let the time speak for themselves. Listen, people. I feel like everything look at it, crosswords and crosswords and crosswords. You see how this book is I should I should change the the, the title to crosswords. 
Miss Chris at the crossroads. <laughs> you see how I was saying earlier, like I said in a few weeks ago, also time is of the essence, right? You never know somebody till you know somebody. Give it some time in terms of getting more serious. Why are we allowing ourselves to go through so much hardships so early on in relationships? Why are we allowing relationships to be so damn serious? In the words of the Joker, why is so damn serious so early on? You don't know that person. Sorry, I was knocking on the table. Let me not knock there. You don't know that person. You don't. But yet, you're, you're willing and ready to go through hell and high water. To go to misery. You know, the real Christian way. Why ask for forgiveness? For what? For someone that later down the line and two years from now, you'll realize... Or simply, not even was it what, were they not meant for you, they're not meant for anybody else because they're not right from within with themselves. And I'm not saying that about that person because I feel like, let me, you know, a little pause a minute. This is not about them. This is a little question. They're listening there because I remember their name also. But oh, also, actually, the person that sent me that message, if you're still listening, um, send me an email. I want to know how you and that person are doing. You know, we give advice on this show, but we also want to know, are the advice taken and where did it lead you? Because I would, I would hate to know that I'm putting people through divorce, you know? <laughs> so let me know how is it with you and that person. But yeah, give it some time in terms of getting more serious. And the unresolved issues. Now let's go on the unresolved issues. We have five minutes, so I'm doing it quick, right? <sighs> you simply cannot bring in something that people seem to... Everybody knows that because it's a thing that's common. People do talk, but everybody seems to know, right? That you're not supposed to bring unresolved baggage from the last relationship to a new relationship. Right. But sadly, that means that you're not supposed to be in a relationship if you're not done with, if you still have baggage from the last one. And when I say relationship is, once again, this from this email, I was getting the vibe that they were trying to aim for something more monogamous. Right. And my thing with monogamous relationship, I've said it, I think it was episode two or episode three on polyamory, I have said it, and I'll say it again. The idea of getting in a serious, committed, monogamous relationship with somebody you've met three months ago is quite crazy to me. Quite crazy. You don't know somebody in three months. You don't know somebody in eight months. You don't know somebody till you know somebody. Now, it might be love at first sight. And, you know, I've been prone. I'm open to getting a relationship after maybe six, eight, maybe a year. Uh, six, eight months, you know, and then a year. But putting yourself through so much restraint and hardships and just so much drama, not even drama, but so much happenstance and the beginning of relationships, sometimes it's just not meant to be at the moment. And it's okay. Time will speak for themselves. Give it some time. See, you, you know, see each other, I don't know, see each other next year or next summer. It might be different. So today, guys, this was my little Ask Miss Chris. So as I said, it's just a little preview based on um, the book that I've been working on. And I'm really happy about this. I hope you guys like this little episode. It was a little, not a little different, but it was mostly reading, which is nice. I don't usually read. One thing about me is, well, without getting into too much details and the way I do my shows and um, how I prepare my show and everything, I do often do like a little PDF just to get myself ready on the topic, but... 
this was just me reading and I had fun doing the little intonations, you know. Dear Miss Chris, for now I'll keep it brief and simple. <laughs> That's another line, random line I just saw in the book. But yeah, so this was really fun. And listen, do I have anything to promote? Do I have anything to promote thinking of parties? Um, Not so much. Shout out to Outrageous. Once again, I was out, uh, Outrageous last week. It was really, 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 really fun. What other party? I mean, the parties were kind this weekend. You'll see me. Where, you'll see me where you see me, and if we don't see each other, you'll see me next time. But till then, you can see me next Monday. See you soon, guys. I'll play one last song, as I promised. Do I even have promiscuous girl? Promiscuous girl, wherever you are. Let me stop. <laughs> this song was a damn hit. Our Canadian baddie. A lot of y'all don't know Miss Nelly Furtado is a Canadian girl. Mm-hmm. All right now. Play some respect. Put some respect on Miss Nelly's name. All right. See you next week. How you doing, young lady? The feeling that you're giving really drives me crazy. You don't have a play about the choke. I was at a loaf of word first time that we spoke. You're looking for a girl that'll treat you right.